0: Greetings, friends, fellow patriots, and fellow citizens to this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm the president of the We the People Convention, and I'm the host of this podcast. We want to thank all of our donors who make this podcast and our website, wethepeopleconvention.org and our text messages and our emails and, and everything we do possible. Thank you to everyone who supports our cause, and our cause is quite simply to protect and defend our individual liberty, freedom, and prosperity, and our Constitution, and the American way of life. And while we, uh, this is a, a news summary show, where basically we look at what's happened this week Kind of throw out the propaganda and focus on the things that actually matter, and then we take action to protect our country, to protect our individual freedoms, and um, that's this show is really all about. So we thank those of you who are joining for the first time. I actually got some emails this week from some people saying, "Geez, I've been in Ohio all these years. I didn't even know you existed." And that just shows you how difficult it is to, to reach people, uh, when, you know, the, the, the communications networks are so fragmented due to the censorship and things we face. And that's why it's so important that each one of you, you know, tell others about this podcast. Uh, our podcast is available, uh, on our website at wethepeopleconvention.org. I usually post it in mid, middle of the day on a Saturday. And, um, you can also watch it on Rumble. You can watch it on Amazon TV. You can watch it on uh, Amazon Fire TV, Roku TV. It's on Apple iTunes. It is not on YouTube. It is not on Facebook. It is not on Twitter. Those are people who are enemies and they censor us and we don't put our content there. So tell others about our podcast and how they can get it and share share the word because uh, people are looking for places where they can get the truth. And I work very hard to make sure that what I'm giving you is the truth to the best of my knowledge. And believe me, that's not easy to do with all the disinformation, uh, that's going on and, you know, quote unquote misinformation, which is the opposite of what the, the media and the left try to tell you it is. So, uh, we work hard to, to give you, you know, the facts as we know them. We think you will appreciate this uh, week's show and we appreciate you joining us, uh, because without you, uh, nothing I say or do will mean anything. That That's just a fact. It is you who watch this podcast and then act upon the things that we uh, suggest that you act upon to make a difference that makes the difference. So thanks to all of you who don't, not only just those who give, but those who act. And uh, the ones that act are probably more important than the ones that give, but we need both. All right. Now we've been starting our show, uh, the last few weeks with a moment of silence for the uh, political prisoners that are being held in Washington, D.C. by the Biden regime uh, and, and you know, being accused of being traitors and insurrectionists insurrectionists, and all that when we know that that's just not true. And I'm going to prove that to you uh, here in the next couple of minutes. But uh, we decided that we would take a moment of silence to pray for them to help God, you know, give them strength and courage to, to get through this horrible experience that our, con- our country is inflicted upon them illegally, inflicting upon them illegally. So just take a minute right now, please, a moment, and just say a quick prayer for all the prisoners being held in the D.C. jails who, who were arrested for the January 6th uh, you know, incident. Okay, so let's get on with that story. I posted a story at we wethepeopleconvention.org this week that uh, said the peaceful protest the media is refusing to show America. And, and I really mean that. And I, I have to tell you, you know, I, I try to keep a pretty good handle on what's going on, particularly what's going on in our movement. And I got to tell you, I was taken by surprise by this. So this article was sent to me by a good friend of ours, John Sands, who's just a real patriot in our Porch Tea Party movement. And, um, it was in on a website called U.S. Politics, Politics and News. And again, you can find this whole article on our website at wethepeopleconvention.org. Okay. But let me just read from you a couple things that surprised me. It said, did you know that an extension of the January Six process has been happening all across the country? I had no idea. But starting last weekend, patriotic groups in 10 U.S. cities across the country held protests in support of the political prisoners who were being tortured by the Biden regime. One of the protests happened directly outside the disgusting D.C. jail where Trump supporters were being held in solitary confinement. The prisoners could hear the protesters outside as they sang the national anthem, God Bless America, and loudly chanted, Let Them Go. I had no idea. I had no idea that there were protests going on outside the jail. I'm thankful that there were. But again, did you hear anything about that on the media? Even on One America News or Newsmax? No, I didn't. That's how powerful some of this censorship is. Though, as I always tell you, they aren't completely censoring us. Because again, I'm talking about it on this show. and, and, And we're getting our word out. But sometimes it's a little slow. Let me continue. Awareness of the horrific treatment of these Americans for the crime of having unapproved political opinions is finally starting to spread, and it's about time. Uh, Greg Kelly, as I reported to you last week and showed you that clip where he showed the prisoners pictures and their names, uh, finally covered a story on Newsmax this past week, and he interviewed an attorney named James McBride. Uh, I like Greg Kelly, but he seemed truly surprised that this was happening. He said, hold on a second. Who's beating them up? McBride informed Kelly's audience that the guards in, the, in D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowers discussing jail are beating the prisoners on a regular basis and have been doing so since January when the Department of Justice started locking them up. McBride also described the beings that his client, the gentleman who put his boots on Pelosi's desk, received. This is what the attorney said, okay? He was beaten. He was dragged. He was hogtied. One time, his pants were dropped below his knees, exposing his private parts while he was taking a beating in front of a female officer, and he had to beg and plead to pull his pants up. The American guards at Abu Ghraib uh, prison in Iraq were court-martialed and sent to prison for treating Islamic terrorist POWs like that. Every single one of these Trump supporters on American soil is supposed to be considered innocent until proven guilty. And even if they had uh, had been accused of committing horrible crimes, they're still not supposed to be hog-tied, stripped, and beaten. Most of them are in jail for trespassing in a government building, which they, as taxpayers, own, and for and for briefly interrupting a meeting in the U.S. Senate. Despite the torture and daily beatings, it sounds like the political prisoners are keeping their spirits up. They reportedly sing the national anthem every night at 9 p.m., which must drive their American-hating prison guards nuts. The group that is organizing protests in support of the prisoners is called Look Ahead America. They're a PAC based out of Washington, D.C. They don't have any additional protests planned on their news pages as of this running, but say they're planning more actions in support of the jailed prisoners. So if if you go to to this uh, story on our website, you'll see a link for Look Ahead America so you can see when the next protest is. You will also find you know uh links to these you know websites last week i sent you a website that uh you know the doj lists all of the people who are being held in the uh the capital you know uh cases and if you use the keyword search and type in like ohio or nebraska or texas or whatever it'll show you just the ones you know that are uh, you know being held from those states so you can prioritize running to them uh, and then in that article th- that I posted, there was a link to a group called Patriot Mail Project. Patriot Mail Project. And that was the missing link for us because we could not tell you how to contact the prisoners until we found out what their uh, inmate ID number was because that's the only way the prison will deliver the mail. Okay? So on this website, it gives you their name, and it gives you their uh, their inmate number and the address to mail your card or letter. And and last week I asked you, and I'm asking you again this week, to just write a note of encouragement. Now you don't have to get crazy. Just say, dear so and so, I'm uh, you know I'm a patriot from you know Michigan, and I just want you to know I pray for you every night. I I I pray <laughs> that God gives you strength and courage. That we do not uh, forget about you. We we are we're going to fight until you're free. And, and, you know, we, you know, we pray for you. You're a patriot. Just something like that. Just send them something because they need encouragement. These are political prisoners and, and you're going to see that we're fighting to get them out. So you got to do your part. Others are doing their part. I was happy to see this uh, story come out that Sydney Powell, uh, you know, said that she's going to assist the January 6th prisoners. Um, Attorney Sidney Powell has joined the legal efforts to release individuals who are presently in federal incarceration in relation to the January 6th protests at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, Powell's role in the effort for the January 16th detainees, who may have described, many as described as political prisoners, was announced by conservative radio host Pete Santilli on his show Thursday evening. The high profile addition to the legal team was also touted in Steve Bannon's War Room program by Cynthia Hughes, one of the attorneys supporting the detainees. Cindy Powell, she is on board, said Hughes. She is really, really, really going to get behind this, Hughes told Bannon on Friday. Now, in this article, Last week, one of the prisoners, online personality, and Proud Boys member, Joe Biggs, penned a letter on the conditions he and the other detainees faced. The letter was shared by Biggs' close associates and others. I want to take a minute to read this for you. You need to understand, all Americans need to understand the shame of this. The absolute shame of what we're doing to these innocent people. And even if they're not innocent, quote-unquote, They're guilty of charges that don't even come close to this type of treatment and punishment. So this is a little rough. So just get ready, okay? But I felt I needed to read it to you. Today is my in my third month anniversary being locked up. I'm not allowed to work out. My body feels as if it has aged so much, can hardly move. Walking has become very difficult. I sleep on a piece of steel welded to a wall with a thin mattress. I now have major lower back issues and shoulder pain from the bed. I've gotten maybe 10 hours outside altogether since I've been here in three months. 10 hours. Mostly processed foods and some kind of gelatin dog food looking stuff. No privacy allowed even when going to the bathroom. You have to be in view of everyone while you're relieving yourself. Each cell has a shelf. You are not allowed to use it. Nothing can be placed on it. Lights go out at 11.45 p.m. and back on at 4 a.m. for breakfast. Luckily, the showers are only one person at a time. Every cell has a small window that has been sandblasted so you can never see outside. Breaking any rules uh, result in losing ability to talk to family or or a trip to the hole for a few weeks where you are stripped naked and left in a bright freezing room for weeks. I have anxiety bad now. Panic attacks so bad I black out. There are actually white supremacist gang members here who hate the fact that the media call Proud Boys white supremacists. They tested me on what it means to be one of them and I failed miserably. Good. I have a mixed baby so that automatically keeps me away from that gang life. I live amongst actual racial supremacist groups and they all say I'm too nice and nothing like the media makes me out to be. The black guys in here say, if I'm any kind of representative of the Proud Boys, they would, they like us and want to be in our group. It's funny. All these bad people shunned by society have taken the time to see me for me and the media won't even try. I tend to stay to myself alone in myself, reading the Bible and other Christian books. The plus side to this, to this God was able to get a hold of me in this place plus side to this, is that God was able to get a hold of me in this place. In the end, I just pray people see the truth. I had nothing to do with that day. I never planned what happened. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Bog signed his letter, Joe Biggs, political prisoner, aka inmate, 2021-00002744. One of the prob boys said this, U.S. Staff Sergeant Joe Biggs, a two-time Purple heart recipient and war hero who served honorably in both Iraq and Afghanistan. He didn't assault anyone or destroy vandalized property at the Capitol. He simply walked in, took a few selfies, used the restroom, and walked out. He was there, uh, there that day to chronicle the events and peaceably protest what millions of Americans believe was a stolen presidential election. We got to get these guys out we got to do whatever it takes to get these guys out we've got to ratchet it up i asked you to send cards i'm actually working uh, on an idea i want to send them books you said he said that he reads the bible and christian books i'd like to start sending books to these guys okay so if you go to the article you know, that I put on Convention.org. the peaceful protest, the media is refusing to show America. You can get the links to how to write to them and you can send them notes. Now, they open all the packages. They will, you know, look for quote unquote contraband. So you got to be careful what you send. They may steal the books. They may never give them the books. I don't care. I want there to be so many books. They can't bring them through the door of that damn cell, through that door of that jail. Okay, and I'm going to show you a picture of that jail right now, because what's insane is I asked you to call uh, your congressmen and senators and, and tell them, go to the jail and see the conditions the people from our state are living in. Well, this week, it happened, okay? Louis Gohmert, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and one other congressman went to the jail this week, and okay? And look what, look what happens to them when this, when they go.
1: Or ...not to fund you at what level, and we're trespassing. I understand that. My I'll gosh, my the government is, is upside yes, can down. Can you please go okay. ask your supervisor? You right now are obstructing entrance into this facility. This is the way people enter. You're obstructing we entrance. We won't obstruct okay. the entrance, yep. but we're we'll we not will help not anybody.
2: Now that's okay. what we're doing. Okay, we'll clear the entrance. We'll yeah. clear the- So
0: there they were. They went to the jail. These are congressmen. And as Gomer said, we fund you. <laughs> Washington, D.C. is in a state. So the money that, the, that this woman was getting paid is from Congress, and they will not let them in the building. And they said they were trespassing. Folks, these are the people that have oversight, quote unquote, over these thugs. And you can just see their oversight means nothing. These people are, you talk about an insurrection, you talk about people who are lawless, that jail person and the supervisors, they all, they're lawless. The judges are lawless. They're all lawless. Let me read this story from you, okay? This this is just amazing. Chief D.C. federal judge questions misdemeanor deals for U.S. Capitol rioters. The Chief Judge in DC's federal court questioned the Justice Department's decision to offer misdemeanor plea deals to nonviolent U.S. Capitol rioters, saying at a hearing Thursday that the relatively light punishment might not be enough to deter similar attacks in the future. Does the government have any concern of the defendants joining a mob? breaking into the Capitol building in the future and terrorizing members of Congress, the vice president who had to be evacuated, Chief Judge Beryl Howell asked prosecutors during the plea hearing. She's, this is a woman. This could be a circumstance that arises every four years, Howell added. Defendant Jack Griffith pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge of illegally demonstrating in the Capitol building, which has become the standar, standard plea deal that the Justice Department has offered to nonviolent rioters. The charge is a petty offense, Howell said, comparing it to the same charge someone might face if they transfer, trans, trespassed on government property after dark. Federal prosecutors pushed back saying the plea bargain was appropriate because Griffiths signaled early in the process that he's willing to plead guilty and help the probe if needed. Howell appeared to be the first judge to question the Justice Department's misdemeanor plea offers for participants in the January 6th quote-unquote insurrection, though other judges have discussed how to weigh the seriousness of the attack while sentencing nonviolent violent riders with no criminal records. The Capitol riot cases are unfolding in District D.C. District Court, where Howell is the chief judge. She has set the tone for many of these proceedings with her in-court comments and rulings. Early in the process, she forcibly condemned the insurrectionists, rejecting claims that January 6th was a peaceful protest, and highlighted the ongoing threat posed to the Capitol and D.C. residents. Now, this is after this woman, this judge, made those statements when no Defense had been mounted when fourteen thousand hours of video has not been released, where no evidence has been allowed to be given to their de- their defense attorneys. Right, where there's been no testimony about why there was not proper security there, why guards let people in. This arrogant ass of a judge, right, claims that you know it wasn't a peaceful protest and 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 it was a you know condemned this as an insurrection. The prosecutor said that Griffith was caught on video walking around the Capitol and later bragged about his participation on Facebook. Well, those are crimes, right? He faces a potential maximum sentence of six months in jail, though he may be ordered to serve much less or even no jail time when he is sentenced in October because he's already been in jail for that long. Howe also pointed out that the cooperation required by Griffith's plea deal and similar deals for low-level capital priors is far more limited than the normal cooperation agreement, which could require defense to testify at grand jury hearings, which seems unlikely in this case. As part of the plea deal with prosecutors, Griffin also agreed to pay $500 in restitution, sit for interviews with law enforcement, and give federal investigators access to his social media data. Okay? This is the clown show. That these people are being put through. These are the Soviet-style, you know, uh, sham trials that are going on in "quote unquote" the District of Columbia. It's appalling, and it's hypocritical, and these people are arrogant and ignorant and incompetent. And I've, I've, I tell you guys, I read a lot of books. If you go to the We the People Convention podcast page, you'll see a little thing that says Tom's book list. And I've said to you before, read the Gulag Archipelago. Read this book. Now, this is the abridged edition, right? It's pretty big. It's like a third of the size of the real book, okay? It's in paperback. and only costs like $12. Why do I want you to read this? And don't you don't even have to read the whole book. Read the first chapter. The first chapter is the arrest. That's the first chapter. Because... Americans, I heard Dennis Prager this week in his, uh, you know, he does these fireside chats and he talked about, he got a question from someone in Russia about, you know, how do you tell people about tyranny? And he said that even as a young man, he realized that people in America, in America cannot understand what real tyranny is. And what you're seeing in the D.C. jails—that's tyranny. That's not rule of law. There's no law that says these people should be held in solitary confinement, be stripped naked, be beaten for doing nothing. They didn't. These are not the ones who attacked police. That's a different story. These are people who walked through the frickin' building. Okay. This is a different level. And so he talked. Dennis Prager talked about. Just when he went to the Soviet Union when he was a young man, when the Soviet Union existed, they couldn't understand freedom. They had no idea what freedom was because in their world, they never experienced it. They they did not know how to speak where no one was listening to them. Now we're finding out. The only way I can get you to understand how horrific it is and why you must be willing to fight and die even to defend your liberty is by getting you to read this book. If you just read the arrest, you will understand what's happening now and what you must do to stop it from happening and to defend your liberty. I beg you, get the copy of the Gulag Archipelago and read it. Because you need to understand the truth. And what we're being subject to is a classic, classic, Totalitarian propaganda regime, okay? And and I mean, I'm just telling you this. This, you know, why am I not going to do a big story on Nancy Pelosi's fake January 6th commission where they threw Jim Jordan off and and Meadows pulled all the Republicans? That so it's not a bipartisan anything, even though she puts Liz Cheney, some other Democrat lights, you know, who say they're Republicans on it. Why am I not doing that? Because it's all a fraud. It's political theater. This clown, the cops they put on on the first day, Capitol Police Oxford testifies to the racism he faced during the January 6th riot. His LinkedIn profile picture re- reveals he's just another political actor. Okay? No kidding. He, this guy is a liar. And he talked about he was called the N-word. I've never been called the N-word before. You know what? Just like Andrew Breitbart did when the, the you know when uh, the black caucus when they walked to the Capitol through the Tea Party people to pass Obamacare claimed that we called them the N word and Breitbart offered a hundred thousand dollars for any video to prove it. They couldn't do it. Where's the video, of this clown? Show us the fourteen thousand hours of video because I guarantee you that did not happen because he's a liar and he's an activist this is theater and and you know crying shift right these democrats who are crying because i was so afraid of what was going to happen it's all a play folks and it's hypocrisy don't believe me yeah don't believe me why is it hypocrisy because when they did it Nothing happened, but when you do it, it's worse than the Civil War. It's worse than 9-11, right? Right? Russia, Russia, Russia. When Hillary Clinton denied the election results and for four years and $45 million, they and the FBI and people put forward a false story that Donald Trump was illegitimate, but how dare you go to the Capitol? And demand that your elected representatives stop the counting of the ballots until an investigation. How dare you? Right. So yeah. Oh, this was an insurrection. This was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Remember this? Watch this. D.C. Circuit is often referred
1: to as the second (laughs) second highest court in the land because it hears many (laughs) cases involving agency action and the separation of powers. During his time on the bench, Judge Kavanaugh has heard over a thousand cases. He's written more than 300 opinions. His opinions span nearly 5,000 pages in length, but what a re- what's remarkable about Judge Kavanaugh's judicial record? Law firms have a lot of names, there are a lot of people who work at a lot of law firms. The- And he helped me get ready for a Supreme Court argument. Proceed Mr. Chairman. Yeah. Well, and Mr. Chairman, I therefore move to adjourn this hearing. Okay. This is a property okay. and a traffic
0: of justice. This is a practice of justice that will not go back. Cancel Frank has not preserved hearing. Okay. Those were all paid protesters. All every word they said to you was written by people on the left. Paid, progressive, regressive activists, scientists, psychologists, linguists. I'm not kidding you. It was all planned. Did you notice how the one, uh, the senator says, I move as this gets adjourned. And the next person says, adjourn the hearing. Those people interrupted the hearings, official business of the U.S. government. Were they put in solitary confinement? Did they get put in solitary confinement? They weren't allowed to do what they did. Guess what? Senator Harris, Senator Booker, Senator Feinstein were on conference calls organizing this effort. Organizing this. They is anybody did, did Grassley, did McConnell, did anybody investigate them and to have them charged? For illegally lying and, and 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 conspiring to stop the uh, the hearings to confirm a Supreme Court justice, yeah, no, they didn't, they didn't, yeah. But this that was different, right? That was different, yeah, yeah. Watch this:
2: Senate gallery that repeatedly disrupted the vote. Judge Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed as an associate justice of the United States Supreme Court by a vote of fifty to forty-eight. The sergeant-at-arms will restore order in the gallery. The vote came after hours of speeches throughout last night and today, and as protesters gathered all day at the Capitol and at the Supreme Court. Joining us now from the Capitol Rotunda with the latest is Niels Lesniewski, senior writer at Roll Call and CQ News. Niels, you were at the rotunda, tell us what was going on as we were struggling to figure out what was happening in the C-SPAN cameras, because they don't cover the galleries. What did you see? What did you hear? Sure. It's good to be with you, Hari. I was on the second floor of the Capitol, just outside of the chamber, uh, when all of a sudden we heard uh, what you probably saw on those cameras, which are operated by the the Senate recording studio. And, and it became... Uh, clear that there were a number of protesters uh, who were yelling in the chamber uh, we had seen similar yesterday uh, on capitol hill as well mm-hmm. uh, fourteen arrests we believe were made uh, today from protesters who were actually uh... shouting in the galleries as the votes uh... got underway uh... there were more protesters uh... outside who had at one point earlier in the day uh, basically, stormed onto the uh, the front of the Capitol, and made some of them actually made their way up the stairs. They were outside the building, but some of them had made their way up uh, a staircase that you normally don't see uh, members of the public on. Uh, so, so this was sort of to be expected, uh, but it was uh, nonetheless the the level of tension, uh, particularly I think, with the from the uh, Secret Service agents who were standing near me, who were here uh... because of vice president mike pence being in the building uh... Th- there were clearly tense moments today were there other arrests that the capitol police had to make uh, there certainly were i actually was uh... seeing a lot of arrests being made myself uh... over the last couple of days including in the uh... the atrium of the Hart uh, senate office building uh... which is one of the three uh... main office buildings used by the senate uh, there have been other uh, arrests for various uh, disruption of proceedings or blocking of hallways uh, and Senate offices throughout.
0: Yeah, sounds like an insurrection, doesn't it? Did you hear what he said? They were outside the Capitol and they stormed and overcame the guards and broke into the Capitol? Yeah. Wasn't that an insurrection? What were they trying to do? They were trying to stop the government from acting. Senators were afraid. Secret service men were worried. Did you hear what he said? It's the same thing, that they arrested all these people. Were they in solitary confinement? No, they were not. Were they beaten? Were they tortured? No, they were not. Because you notice the guy who was talking to PBS said, well, it's, you know, these protests were to be expected. Yeah, those are protests, not riots, right? Yeah, look at this, right? Look at this thing. And see see if you think what this is, okay?
3: These are live images folks at the doors of the Supreme Court where you can see protesters have gathered they're demanding that their voices be heard as they anticipate who will what who the person who will be a new Supreme Court justice. Judge Brett Kavanaugh be sworn in here any moment. In a bigger picture, you can see approximately how many people who have gathered there. It looks like there are dozens, and they are chanting. Kavanaugh's got to go, is what I'm hearing them say. You see, there is high security there. As we look at these pictures, I, I want to bring in with me here Ariane Vogue and Julie Pace. Ariane, when you look at these
4: pictures, wow. having covered the Supreme Court for so long, have you ever seen anything like this? Well, I'll tell you this. You're usually not allowed on those stairs. You're not allowed up there. We did see the night he was nominated, there was a peaceful uh, protest where people were allowed to stand and uh, sit on those stairs. But we haven't seen anything like this. And why it's particularly interesting is we believe that he's going to be sworn in behind closed doors with uh, Chief Justice John Roberts giving him one oath uh, just Justice Kennedy uh, delivering the other vote, which of course is so poignant because not only is he taking Justice Kennedy's seat, uh, but uh, it's uh, his former boss. He yeah. clerked for the him there. But this is very unusual. We don't see this kind of protests, uh, the High Court.
3: We do know that dozens of protesters have been arrested at the Capitol today. Are you surprised that the security is just letting this take place now?
4: Well, I guess they're trying to manage it uh, as best they can, Uh, but uh, this is unusual for this.
0: Yeah, see, they're trying to manage it as best they can. Are you surprised that the security is just letting this happen? Letting what happen? Those, there were hundreds, if not a thousand, people pounding on the doors of the U.S. Supreme Court trying to stop the swearing-in of a Supreme Court justice and the police were standing there. Hypocrisy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So let me just wrap this segment up by reading from you. While some people protested outside, others waited in line for tickets to the confirmation hearings where they stood to disrupt Senator's questioning of Kavanaugh, according to Reuters. Okay, their goal was to disrupt it. Inside the Hart Senate office building, protesters unfurled banners and even directly confronted Senator Jeff Flake, according to USA Today. Several were taken out of the Dirksen Senate office building in plastic handcuffs. While protesters did not push past a police barricade in front of the steps of the Supreme Court, while protesters did push past a police barricade in front of the steps of the Supreme Court to pound on his doors, according to NBC News, USA Today could not find Uh, could find no reference to protesters entering the Supreme Court building. Capitol Police said in a press release they arrested more than 100 people for infractions that ranged from crowding and obstructing to unlawful contact uh, conduct on October 5th. But the Washington Post reported that nearly 300 protesters had been arrested. 200 more protesters had been arrested during earlier days of the hearings. How were they treated? With kit gloves. They were out that night. They were not political prisoners. The, the evil Republicans, right? The tyrant George uh, uh, Donald J. Trump, right? Oh, he's a fascist. Yeah, he did. His DOJ didn't beat them, strip them, put them naked in, in in solitary confinement. So who's the evil? If you vote Democrat, if you support Democrat, if you believe in what the left is selling, you're evil. You support this. You're behind this. You need to face it and face up to it because you're going to pay the price for this. We've got to stop this nonsense. And so I put out an article this week from our friend Chris Farrell. I know Chris. He's come to speak to our Porch Guy Tea Party. And he again said that it's time to disband the FBI. In the past few days alone, we have learned that the October... A uh, 2020 Michigan governor kidnap plot was largely the creation of the FBI. A senior FBI official was on the take from media organizations, and another an assistant director was in a romantic relationship with a subordinate and involved in other misconduct. The leadership failures documented by the Office of Inspector General are now almost standard and part of a tiresome media drip torture for the public to endure. The FBI ran a coup against President Trump. It failed. The following got away: Comey, McCabe, Struck, Page, Kleinsmith, Panetka, Brower, Baker. All of them. All any real consequences for attempting to overthrow the government of the United States? Who's the insurrectionist? Questions are now being uh, raised as to whether the FBI had a role on, in the Capitol Hill protests of Jan- January 6th. When one examines the FBI involvement in the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, foreign intelligence service act abuses standing uh, by idly while in possession of Hunter Biden's Ukraine and Burisma-laden laptops, while President Trump endured a second phony impeachment in the frame-up of Trump's national security advisor, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, it is not difficult to imagine that the FBI, the DOJ, were complicit, were responsible for what happened on January 6th. The FBI needs to go away. It should happen in an orderly and thoughtful process over a period of months. Congress should authorize and create an investigative division in the U.S. Marshals Service and open applications for law enforcement officers seeking to be rigorously screened, vetted, and then assessed uh, access into the new organization. Similar action was taken before in the very creation of the FBI. It is now time to clean house and restore the public's trust in the, quote, premier investigative agency of federal law enforcement. Folks, this has to happen. And if we're going to retake and restore our nation, as we intend to do, the people that we elect in the 2022 and 2024 elections need to have the guts to do just that. That's the test. You need to ask anybody running for Congress if they will vote to defund And take down the FBI. Because if they won't, they're an imposter or they're a fool. That's just the reality of it, folks. It's not just the top 10 people of the FBI. The fish stinks from the head down. Okay? It's a culture of corruption. It needs to be destroyed, dismantled, defunded by us, by we the people, and the people we put in office through our efforts. Important. Okay. Now let's get on to the, the virus news before we take a break. I've already been going for quite a while here. So, let's just talk about some things. I thought this is a great cartoon by Bronco. Uh, he always does a lot of great political cartoons. And and here's a, a picture of Biden with a hose with his open border policy and he's spreading the virus across America. He says, "Time to mask up again America." Okay? Now, why is this why is this cartoon to me particularly important? I have to tell you that we knew from what the what the Obama administration did. When the Obama administration was doing the same thing, and Ob- Obama said recently that this is his third term. He said, 90% of my people are already back in the offices they held, and they are continuing to execute his plan, okay? Joe Biden's a stooge. He's a puppet, okay? The people behind him are the leftist Obama people who are paid by the communist Chinese to destroy America. So we knew from the last time that when uh, Obama shipped thousands of Ethiopians into Columbus, Ohio, that they were trying to change the electoral map. That the, that the, the Obama strategy was to put these illegal immigrants into uh, our you know, our red states, to try to change the vote down the road when they gave them illegals, non-citizens, the right to vote. What I didn't pick up on, and I now believe to be true, and again, this is an opinion, but I think the facts support it. I think that the communist left in America is intentionally spreading the COVID virus throughout America to regain power. The the you know the COVID was dying. You know, the number of deaths were almost zero, the cases were down. We were getting through this. So what do you do? Well, let's bring in a million people from South America, not test them for COVID, and then put them on planes and buses and ship them all over the place, particularly the red states. And then we'll do press conferences saying, Oh, the vaccine, uh, the, the, the COVID break outbreaks are up in red states because they're anti vaxxers and they're not vaccinated. Remember the story I talked about last week where that's not true? That white Trump supporters aren't the people not getting vaccinated the most. It's blacks and then Hispanics. And in these red states like Mississippi and Alabama and Louisiana. The reason the number of vaccinated is so low is because of the high percentage of blacks? I believe that while China committed germ warfare on the world to stop Trump, who was defeating them, I now believe that the Democratic Party and the communist left in the United States is conducting biological warfare on you and me in our country. The, the evidence is clear. Why else, when you're telling everyone else to mask up, everyone else to get vaccinated, when you're in a hissy fit about something that doesn't even kill hardly anybody now, the Delta variant is much less serious. It, it you know, the stories are out that in England, it's like a cold. Okay. Why are you going batshit crazy about everyone else? But these million people, you don't even test them and then you spread them all over if you weren't trying to spread the disease. That's a serious charge. That's a charge that should be investigated, shouldn't it? That's a charge that your governor should be investigating. Because folks, they're not beyond this. They will do it through what? Any means necessary. If we have to kill 100,000, 200,000, 600,000, quote unquote, Americans because of COVID, it's just what's necessary. If we have to kill your children, if we have to mask them, it's just what's necessary. Because you know, we must rule over you because you're incompetent and can't rule over yourself. As you're going to see Joe Biden talk about in a video that's very disturbing here in the second half of the show. So the CDC came out this week and and did what? They said, mask now. We got to all mask up. You know why? Because the, the, the vaccine doesn't work. More people are being hospitalized, are getting COVID, and are dying who got the vaccine than didn't. That's a fact. They don't want you to know that fact. I told you about Israel. I told you about India last week. I told you about the uh, United Kingdom. It's happening in the United States. Overwhelmingly. Okay? The White House won't even answer how many of their staff who are fully vaccinated have gotten the uh, the, the Delta variant because it's a lot. So then they come out with this mask you know, mandate. The CDC comes out with this mask mandate, right? And uh, Representative Dan Crenshaw put out, here's the truth. The game changer data the CDC used for the mass mandate is from a single study from India. The study was rejected in peer review, but the CDC used it anyway. Remember what I said about the public health officials losing our trust? Okay. So the study that influenced his decision, it followed healthcare workers who were vaccinated with a vaccine not even approved in the US. That's right. So they're not even using a comparable case study that can be applied to vaccinated Americans to tell you that's why you need to mask up, which there still is no evidence that that prevents anything. Just take a look around. It's clear as a bell. Wearing masks and not wearing a mask, zero difference. And now it's clear that we paid billions of dollars to these pharmaceutical companies for a quote-unquote experimental vaccine that doesn't protect you, okay, and doesn't stop you from spreading the disease. They are now finding that vaccinated people carry as much or more of the the COVID load in their nasal passages and in their sinuses and stuff, so they are more likely to infect you than non-vaccinated people. And it's absolutely clear absolutely clear that natural immunity is the best defense and they won't even talk about natural immunity. There are no serology tests and now they want it to, to mask your children and they want to force them to get vaccinated. That's insane. Zero evidence. No one knows what these experimental vaccines are going to do. They are killing people who take them, not a high percentage, but some They are causing serious side effects. And we've only been doing this for a year. What's the effect in two years? Three years? Five years? And yet, Joe Biden and our Democrat Governor DeWine here in Ohio want the FDA to approve it right away, okay, so that it can be forced on you. We're going to talk about that when we get back, okay? Let's take a quick break. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawastowski The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention P.O. Box 6211 Akron, Ohio, four four three one two. All right, we're back for the second half of the show. I hope the first half uh, you know, was something that you know, was was important to you. That you learned some things you didn't know. That you remembered some things. Write to the prisoners. Send them books. Send them packages. Overwhelm those people. We're going to figure out how we can help Sydney Powell. We're going to figure out what more we can do legally. Okay, don't forget them. Keep them in your prayers. Call your governor and your House and Senate members in your state and ask them why the Bi- they're letting the Biden administration bring thousands of people with COVID into your state while they're trying to tell you that you need to get vaccinated. Ask your state representatives and your governor what they're doing to make sure these people get vaccinated before they come into your state. Why can't they use their emergency health powers to say to Biden no one comes in our state unless you deliver them to this facility where we're going to vaccinate them and document them. They don't want that, do they? No, no. They don't want that. That's why we got to get our people to force it upon them. Okay? So, you know, several things are happening, you know, uh, with this whole, you know, COVID stuff. We had the Department of Justice come out and declare that the vaccine mandates are legal, okay? And this was bizarre, all right? This was on uh, July 27th. The dark, Department of Justice concluded in an opinion that federal law doesn't prohibit public agencies and private businesses from requiring COVID-19 vaccines under the Food and Drug Administration's Emergency Use Authorization. Use Authorization, which we all thought it did. On July 26, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, California, and New York City said they would require some of their government workers to get COVID-19 shots or be tested weekly. Veteran Affairs, with the move, became the first federal agency to mandate the vaccine. The Justice Department's Office of Legal Counsel wrote that because access to COVID-19 vaccines is more commonplace, What does that have to do with anything, numerous educational institutions, employers, and other entities across the United States have said they will require some individuals to be vaccinated against the virus as a condition of employment, participation, benefit, service, service, or relationship. Now get this, the opinion which noted that some have questioned the legality of such mandates because the law flat out says that you can't, government cannot force anyone to take a vaccine that hasn't been approved by the FDA, right? So that's why we've questioned the legality of it. Concluded that the federal law concerning the FDA's emergency use authorization on COVID nineteen vaccines made by Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson Johnson doesn't prohibit public or private entities from imposing vaccine requirements, even when the only vaccines available are those authorized under the emergency use authorization. What? 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 How do you conclude that? How do you conclude that? It says in the law that you can't mandate it. And then they just decided what in our reading of the law, you can. Really? Yeah. Well, so they're pushing these federal agencies, right? Yeah. Well, here Joe, our buddy Joe Obama, you got a little surprise after that. President Joe Biden has ex- announced mandatory war for coronavirus vaccinations for all federal workers on Thursday, and his plans are already facing significant backlash. The American Postal Workers Union, which represents 220,000 employees, is opposed to the vaccine mandate. Various media outlets have reported that the White House is considering a mandatory COVID vaccine as a condition of employment for federal employees. This is the postal union saying. Maintaining the health and safety of our members is of paramount importance. While the APWU leadership continues to encourage postal workers to voluntarily get vaccinated, it is not the role of the federal government to mandate vaccinations for employees we represent, the union released in a statement Wednesday evening. Issues related to vaccinations and testing for COVID-19 in the workplace must be negotiated with the APWU union. At this time, the APWU opposes the mandating of COVID-19 vaccinations in relation to U.S. postal workers. Take that, Sleepy Joe. Last week, one of the country's largest healthcare unions, United Healthcare Workers, protested in New York City against mandatory vaccinations. Bias vaccinations mandates come shortly after the CDC re-implemented mass mandates, even for vaccinated individuals. CDC director Rochelle Walensky said this week that vaccinated people are capable of infecting other vaccinated individuals. Right? So the vaccination is garbage. It's just garbage. Okay. All right. On the other news, last week we talked about the fact that Texas started to arrest people for trespassing using state law to do what the federal government will not do and which is in you know was is implement federal law okay so what happened this week well the uh, Department of Justice uh, you know issued a statement and it's and basically you know they're they're saying to your know, Garland the Attorney General is saying to Abbott the Texas governor that you can't do that Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott accused the Biden administration Thursday of jeopardizing the health and safety of Texas on a daily basis after Attorney General Merrick Garland threatened a lawsuit over a new order allowing state troopers to stop and turn around vehicles suspected of carrying illegal immigrants. In the letter to Abbott, Garland claimed the governor's order was dangerous as well as contrary to federal law and cannot be enforced. The Attorney General also claimed the order was unconstitutional as it interferes with federal immigration enforcement and obstructs the release of individuals and the ability of those individuals to comply with federal immigration law. Garvin concluded the letter, concluded the letter by declaring that Abbott did not rescind his order, the attorney, that if he did not rescind his order, the Attorney General would pursue all appropriate legal remedies to ensure that Texas does not interfere with the functions of the federal government. It is clear that the Biden administration fundamentally misunderstands what is truly happening at the Texas-Mexico border, Abbott shot back in a statement of his own on Thursday. The current crisis at our southern border, including the overcrowding of immigration facilities and the devastating spread of COVID-19 that the influx of non-citizens is causing is entirely the creation of the Biden administration and its failed immigration policies. The order enacted Wednesday prohibits anyone except federal, state, and local law enforcement officials from transporting illegal immigrants detained attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexican border. It also authorizes the stoppage of any vehicles on reasonable suspicion that is violating the order. If a violation is confirmed, troopers are ordered to reroute the vehicle to its point of origin or a border crossing checkpoint or impound the vehicle if the driver refuses to be rerouted. Okay? That's where we're going to get into it, folks. It's states' rights, state sovereignty versus federal rights, right? Well, if you're not enforcing the federal law, then you're acting illegally. And the state law is pretty clear. So we applaud Governor Abbott, and we're asking other governors to have as much courage because we're going to need it. The, the, The federal government is our enemy, that's been taken over by the communists and it's being used against us and we must resist in our states. And that's what Abbott's doing. And we support that. And you can call it unlawful. You can call it lawless. Listen, it's real simple. Society functions on the threat of force. When it comes down to it, no law is enforceable unless there's someone with a gun at the end of that who will basically enforce the law by threatening your life. So we've got to stand up and fight back just like that. It's force versus force. You think that the federal government has the ability to go into Texas and physically stop this? Don't believe it. If Texas has the will, they can enforce this and they should. It's not a game of influence, people. We're not asking for their permission. We're telling them what they're going to do. That's what they're doing to you. They're not asking your permission. They're telling you what you're going to do. And I thought I'd bring this up because this was a pet peeve when Obama you know, uh, was, was president. Biden to return to pre-Obama uh, water protections and first step to clean water regulations. And many of you will not remember this, but I want to remind you of what's at stake and what they're doing. When I talk about your freedom, your liberty, your, your uh, prosperity, the Biden administration basically privatized, uh, publicly took private property, and it was the nation of the seas stuff. The Biden administration said on Friday that it will take a two-step approach to decide which U.S. waters should get federal protection from pollution, referring, returning first to pre-Obama protections. A statement from the Environmental Protection Agency said that forthcoming foundational rule would temporarily restore uh, protections that were in place prior to an Obama-era expansion in 2015. Last year, the Trump administration put forward a rule that undermined both the Obama-era protections and also rolled back care Uh, some protections, including for wetlands that had been in place for decades. What the Obama administration did is they said that a ditch on your property that gets water in it when it rains is a navigable waterway and therefore under the jurisdiction of the federal government. They literally were taking control of every drop of water under their bogus commie rules. And Trump rolled it back and they're going to do it again, okay? So I talked earlier about Biden and, you know, this idea that they don't believe in democracy anymore, right? Listen to this clip from his Cincinnati failed town hall joke on CNN that came in third in the ratings and only showed what, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 just a completely dysfunctional uh, elderly person Biden is. Listen to this statement. And uh, I mean that not good or bad, just I have. I've chaired the
1: Foreign Relations Committee. I've been deeply involved. I did national security for the, our Latin, the, the, the administration with Barack. But folks, um, the rest of the world's wondering about us. Those of you who travel abroad, not a joke. Not a joke. You asked, you know, when I went to this G7, all the major democracies, I walked in and I know a lot of them because of my role in the past. And they walk in and I said, America's back. And they go, I'm serious, heads of state. I give you my word as a Biden. Said, are you really back? I mean, how can I, we, we, we believe you, Joe, but will the country ever get it together? I talked to Xi, Xi Jinping in China who I know well, we don't agree on a lot of things. He's a bright and really tough guy. He truly believes that the 21st century will be determined by oligarchs, by, I'm not, not a joke. Democracies cannot function in the 21st century, your argument is, because things are moving so rapidly, so, so rapidly, that you can't pull together a nation that is divided to get a consensus on acting quickly. So autocrats, Autocracies. I had a long meeting with Putin and I continued, I know him well. These guys actually are betting, betting, I'm not joking, on autocracies. Democracy has to stand up and demonstrate you can get something done. It's not just important that we're not
0: really meaning. Mr. President. So let me unpack that for you, okay? democracies have to get their act together and get something done. First of all, Joe, here's a memo. We're not a democracy. We're a representative republic. Second of all, we have to do that because we can't act quickly enough, right? We, We can't, you know, just do things we want to do. Remember, Obama would cry like a baby about how the Constitution keeps him from doing stuff. Well, what is that all about? It's all about individual liberty and freedom, It's all about the government has to do it because you're an incompetent fool. See, we don't believe that. We don't want the government to do anything. We want them to do as little as possible, literally to the point of all we really want the federal government to do is defend our nation. We don't want them to tell us anything about our schools, about our hospitals, about medicine, because they're incompetent fools. Bureaucracies are incompetent, okay? So what they're, this is what he believes is in statism and not the individual. That's what Putin and she believe. You can't have these people deciding how to make a living, how to feed their family, what their health care should be. You can't trust individuals to do that. Do you understand? We got to get our act together. We got to be able to run things, jam things through. We need to be like California and be one party rule. We need to have autocrats and, and and oligarchs, right? We need Facebook and Twitter and Bezos to tell us what to do. How's that working out? How's that working out? Do you see why these people are so dangerous? Do you see why we must defeat them? We must retake our country from these people because they're going to destroy everything you've got. And And again, how's that working out for you? Well, there's an article that came out that was interesting, and I'll just go through this quickly. It's Biden's accomplishments so far, a troubling tale of eight charts. Now, I'm going to run these charts in a little slideshow, so it may not necessarily sync up with um, with, your, uh, with with your what I'm saying on the screen, but you'll see all the charts, okay, as I go through it here. Let me just get this queued up, and uh, we'll see if it starts at the beginning. Okay, here we go. I'm going to do this. Okay. All right. Months after President Joe Biden supposedly rescued the country from COVID-19 pandemic and promised that he'd bring the country together, now is the nation doing well? How is it doing? Well, there are several indicators on the rise. Unfortunately, they are all indications of trouble. Even liberal economists were worrying the Biden spending spree coming uh, from after two historically large stimulus bills under Trump and long after the COVID recession had ended, would set off an inflation spiral. And what do you know? Energy costs, food costs, the costs of most everything else are climbing at a rapid clip. Despite promises from Biden, that the current spike is just transitory. And if you look at the charts coming up, you'll see the monthly inflation index is now at 5%. The combi- combination of high unemployment and, and soaring prices back in the 1960s gave rise to the misery index, which is the rise simply by adding the inflation rate to the unemployment rate. You'll see the misery index on this chart, and you'll see that it's up to 10 to 12 percent. Okay, uh, Biden talks endlessly about he rescued an economy that was on the brink. He then rattles off lots of seemingly cheery statistics, crediting his 1.9 trillion American rescue plan and other government largesse for all of them. We've already done detailed reports about how this boast is based on a series of lies. But more to the point, if handing money out willy-nilly was supposed to rescue the economy and make families whole, why are people feeling more financially stressed now than they were a few months ago? Okay? And you'll see a chart that says, how stressed are you? 62% of people say they feel more stressed today than they have felt in the past. 62%. Okay? Okay? Uh, then he, he says Biden, uh, you know, talks about wages. Okay. And you can see in, inflation adjusted hourly wages for private sector employees are are just dropping from 11.41 uh, cents in January to $11.22 in June. Biden can hardly blame the sh- uh, sharp rise in, in violent crime either on Trump or Although he has and his fellow Democrats keep insisting, it's all because of the insufficiently strict gun laws. The, the real cause, of course, has been the demonization of police departments by Democrats and by Biden and the often successful attempts to cut police department funding while hamstring officers. The results has been a huge increase in murders and assaults in our nation. Okay. And so are you thinking more optimistic about the next few months or pessimistic? 55% people are more pessimistic, okay? So this is Biden's record, and even on coronavirus, right? Biden Biden uh, blames Trump for the crisis of the southern border, but as we've written about this in the space already, Biden created a crisis where none exists By promising to throw open the border and grant citizenship to millions of people here illegally, he basically has spread COVID, which was what we charged earlier, right? He spread COVID, and, th- and that's really, you know, the most disgusting thing of it all, because there's a chart right there. So that's what this guy has done. That's what bureaucracies do. That's why they, they, we can't survive this. No country can survive this. All right. And that's why we're going to fight it and defeat it. A couple more stories here. Uh, J.D. Vance, who is running for Senate in Ohio, and many of you have seen him on Fox and other things. J.D. Vance, a U.S. Senate candidate from Ohio, called out the childless left whom he said have no physical commitment to the future of this country in a fiery speech given to the Intercollegiate Studies Institute Conference on the Future of American Political Economy. Senate candidate, former Marine and author of the Hillbilly Elegy, Vance specifically named Vice President Kamala Harris, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey and Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg for all of them who have no children, citing them as childless future leaders of the Democratic Party. Why is this just a normal uh, fact of life for the leaders of our country to be people who don't have a personal direct stake in, in, in our future via their offspring? We should worry that in America, Family formation, our birth rates, a ton of indicators of family health have collapsed, the candidate said, highlighting the severity of America's ongoing fraternity crisis and calling it a civilization crisis. Vance spoke fondly of Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban's potential uh, pro-natal policies, explaining that they offer loans to newly married couples that are forgiven at some point later if those couples have actually stayed together and had kids. Why can't we do that here, Vance asked? Why can't we actually promote family formation? And I've talked about that in the past, right? You, know, I've, you get what you incentivize for. Why aren't we incentivizing for families? That's, that's you know an important point. Because a family is a threat to the state. A family is a source of power. Your family is what you will fight and die for. That's what our fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers and, and did to defend this country. Why? Because you're fighting for your family. If you don't have a family, you're not going to fight. You're just going to give up. Fortunately, there's good news. Numbers show traditional families making strong comeback in America. And someone sent me this story from thelibertyrevolution.com. I was surprised to see it. After decades of decline, recent data from the Census Bureau indicates there is a resurgence of two-parent families. Steve Cortez breaks down the numbers at the National Pulse, and for the first time since the 1970s, over 70% of American children are being raised in homes with both parents. What's more, studies show that Americans do not prefer the family structure of both parents working full-time outside the home. Cortez cites a recent Gallup poll that found the majority of women with children under 18 prefer to stay home with their children rather than work outside the home. Even married women without children prefer to remain homemakers than work outside the home. A Forbes poll showed that 84% of mothers say their goal is having enough financial security to allow them to stay home with their children. According to a recent study by from American Compass among income groups, it is working class people who are most inclined to favor a traditional family structure, with 71% saying they do not want both parents working full time. It is Cortez's contention that political candidates that run on a platform that empowers families to live on one income who could dominate American politics for decades. Cortez includes as examples of this advocating for school choice and this recent push to fund students, not schools, that has been gaining momentum in states throughout the country. He also suggested offering financial incentives, much like those implemented in Hungary, to combat the plunging birth rate. Okay? Good news. We, the people, can act. We, the people, can say, hey, we're not doing that. We're going to have families. We believe in individualism. And you do that by demonstrating your belief, by encourage your kids and grandkids to have children, two or more. Okay? That's important. It's it's vital. And so I sent out a piece on Friday that I thought was a good piece. It's a it's a commentary by a guy named David Carlton and it's on the weedypeopleconvention.org and it says, "America isn't dead and I said as long as we keep fighting, the constitution has survived far greater threats than Biden big tech." It's easy to understand the deduction that prompted Ben Stein's recent American Spectator column, Goodbye America. But despair is a dark and distorted lens through which the future always appears bleak. The Biden administration is indeed colluding with big tech to crush dissent. But like all previous Democratic attempts to surpass free speech, such as the Sedition Act of 1918, they will ultimately fail. SCOTUS moves at an excruciating glacial pace, yet the Roberts Court, for all its faults, has in- issued an impressive series of rulings that have bolstered the First Amendment. Republicans in Congress and state legislators have been uh, dilatory in responding to the threat by passing serious legislation by the actions they are taking. Moreover, the Biden administration's collaboration with Big Tech has been so inept that it has already, doomed, it's already been doomed that this unholy alliance will fail. When White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki admitted, we're flagging problematic, uh, problematic posts from Facebook that spread disinformation, she discredited a specious argument that social media platforms aren't bound by the First Amendment because they are private corporations. Their cooperation with the Biden administration to censor inconvenient viewpoints places them squarely in the category of state actors and thus subject them to the same First Amendment restraints that bind the government. When this issue reaches the Supreme Court, as it almost certainly will by the class action lawsuit filed by former President Trump and the American First Policy Institute, precedent and the First Amendment record of Robert's court portends a reckoning for Facebook, Twitter, and Google. They will inevitably invoke Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which protects them from being held liable for content that appears on their platforms. But as Justice Thomas has already suggested, that free pass is about to expire, Section 230 was enacted to encourage freedom of expression on the internet, but the big tech oligarchs have perverted it into a mechanism for facilitating government censorship, which is illegal. So you can go read the rest of his article because it, w- it was a positive take because all, you, know, you can get all the doom and gloom you want. I don't want to hear it. We have to be happy warriors. We have to believe we're going to win and we have to have a plan and execute that plan, and fight to win, right? So that's what we're doing at org. thanks to you. I talked to you last week that we have put on the front page of our website at peopleconvention.org, our barn builder uh, uh, plan, Help Restore America, okay? You can see it right there on the front page. That's the main link, okay? Now, what happens after that? Well, if you go to the page that we created that has the picture of the billboard, the audits prove that Trump won. Biden and Harris are illegitimate. We will not allow you to steal our vote. We will fix the fraud and vote you out. And you can see green and red buttons there. The green button says, donate to help support our effort. Okay. Sponsor a billboard. And it gives you various levels that you can donate to pay for a 20 by 40 foot billboard, a 10 by 30 foot billboard, a 12 by 24 foot billboard. You can sponsor one of those, okay? And then you can also order a yard sign or you can order a 4 by 8 banner for yourself by making a donation. Why am I asking you to make these donations? Because as you will see in the video on this page where I explain it, we have a plan. The plan is to prove the fraud. We need to prove the fraud. And we're, and you can go to org, and you can see on the page that says evidence of voter fraud all over the United States. It's one of the buttons on the front page, okay, that I just showed you. There's a the front page. See the button that says, you know, the voter fraud from all over the United States. You just click on that. OK, and it'll give you the stories of what's going on in Wisconsin is now acting in Arizona in Georgia. OK, I think that either this month, Arizona is going to come out with some real numbers proving the fraud that Trump won Arizona or that Mike Lindell on August 11th, and 12th, he's having his cyber symposium which will be streamed live at frankspeech.com. And I talked to you last week that he put together a $5 million challenge for any cyber expert to attend the symposium and prove that their data is wrong, that China and other government actors didn't hack into voting machines in the United States. That's going to be a pivotal moment for us. And that's a trigger OK, so I have people saying to me, well, Tom, when are we going to get the billboards? When are you going to get them out? Well, the first thing says the audits prove the fraud. So we've got to have an audit that proves the fraud. As soon as that happens, we've got to start getting these things out. So I set out a fundraising letter. I'm asking you to donate. We're getting the billboard company geared up. We're getting our artwork ready. We're getting all the legal things ready. We've got our PR firm ready. We've been spending a lot of time and effort to do this. Why? Why? Because if we got the proof, we know from polls that 70% of Republicans think the election was stolen, 45% of independents believe that the election wasn't legitimate, and even like 10% of Democrats believe that. We must win the public relations battle. We must make it clear that the election was stolen. We need to get those numbers over 50%. So what are we going to do? We're going to put these billboards across the country in all 50 states. Our goal is 1,000 billboards. Folks, that's a lot of billboards, okay? Costs a lot of money, costs a lot of effort to get it done. But I've got great people in Minnesota, in Idaho, in Arizona, in Florida, writing to me already with locations. And what are we going to do with these billboards, right? What what is this billboard going to look like? Well, you know, we like we did in two thousand and eight here in Ohio. Excuse me, two thousand and twenty in Ohio. We put these billboards next to, to to interstates where they can't be stopped by lefties. Okay, where they can't, you know, just you know, say, hey, take those down, or you don't pass the, uh, uh, you know, you don't pass the zoning, right? That's the problem. So we want to put these giant billboards on barns. On on factories, on warehouses, on silos, on giant structures. The picture I just showed you—they actually had property along Interstate, and they built their own frame to hang these. We, the People Convention, will produce these and ship them to you for free if you have a location. Okay, we'll send you the billboard. You got to put it up. Okay, and you got to have the bar, the place to put it up. Now, when you click on that green button. Okay, when I when I you know you go to the Weed people convention.org and, and click on the red button that says send me a billboard, it says that we have to consider your location. We want the highest traffic locations, first of all. We have to also have enough money to pay for them, and we have to look at density. In other words, we want to spread these out around the country. So sometimes when we did it in Ohio, we ended up with too many in one place. The hundred billboards we did. So we're going to look at, so you're going to request a billboard. We're probably going to honor all of those requests, but we may not do it at, in sequence because we will set priorities. So what do these billboards do? What is the whole point of it? Well, they first of all, they, they show people in writing, the audits prove that Trump won. It's a fact. Trump won. Here's the billboard that you drive by every day on your way to work. Somebody thinks Trump won somebody has evidence that Trump won. That's how you convince people. Then we have to convince them that Biden and Harris are illegitimate. Why? Because American people hate cheaters. Look how they're booing the Astros for cheating in the World Series everywhere they go. All year long, they've kept it up. We hate cheaters. We believe in fairness. So we're going to want to throw out the cheaters. Well, Biden and Harris are illegitimate. And so then we say, You will not steal our vote. We will fix the fraud and vote you out. That message is to the left that we're not going to let you steal our vote because we're going to pressure our legislators to fix the fraud so we can vote you all out. So now we're messaging Republicans in these states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, wherever they're found to act. Because if they don't act, we've got to vote them out, okay? And the whole goal is what? To win an election that we can trust in 2022, which is only a year and a half away, and in 2024. Because here's the deal, folks. I can tell you this as a fact. Donald Trump was elected in 2016 because when we worked with the NRA nationally, we talked to... Thousands and thousands of people. And what we found is we got people to come out and vote for Donald Trump who hadn't voted in 30 or 40 years. I'm not kidding you. That's a fact. That's the difference. That was what made it possible for us to beat Hillary Clinton. More of them turned out in 2020. But now they had their votes stolen. And when we talked to them in 2016 when we said, well, why haven't you voted? They said, my vote doesn't count. It doesn't matter. It's a rigged game. We convinced them in 16 that it wasn't a rigged game and we could win and it worked. But now, what would you think? You A lot of you think it was a rigged game. They stole the election, right? We've got to convince those people that we fixed it. And that's why they're going so crazy. The Democrats are leaving Texas to not pass this law. And they tried to pass H.R. 1. They see it coming. We are, And then Merrick Garland put out an order this week saying, how dare you Republicans fix those laws that uh, we put in during COVID about absentee balloting, that that could be illegal. Bullcrap. We run our elections in our state. We must stand strong. You need a photo ID. You cannot mail in an absentee ballot and not put anything on it that identifies you as a legal voter. That's what we're doing. This billboard campaign is designed to stiffen their spines. And yes, it's a threat. If you don't do the job, if you aren't a patriotic American and you're going to protect us and do what we elect you to do, we're going to vote you out, Republicans. And then we'll vote out the Democrats because we'll put people in place who will fight. That's what we need. I just talked about it with the FBI. Right? This is not nice. There's nothing nice here. These people are taking over our country and trying to destroy it. You've got to be tough. you got to be vicious. you got to be willing to do to them what they do to you. We need to have hearings when we get back to put on trial Nancy Pelosi and all the rest of these terrorists and traitors and hypocrites and communists and liars. All of them. We need to have like the McCarthy hearings, folks. Cause McCarthy was right despite what Hollywood, which is controlled by the left and media tells you that Gene McCarthy was a nut job, right? Have you no decency? When is someone going to scream to Nadler and Schiff and Pelosi? Have you no decency? by what they're doing to these prisoners in these prisons. Have you no decency? Hell no. They have no decency. They are evil, like the Nazis. Yes, I just made a comparison to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden as a Nazi, because guess what? They're running a concentration camp in Washington, D.C. I have a right to make that analogy. First they came for the Jews. And then they came for everyone else. Those are Nazis. That's that's Nancy Pelosi. That's Barack Obama. That's George Soros, who would know better than anybody, right? This is our campaign. This is how we restore America. We can't just do the audits and then not have a campaign to win public opinion and get the vote out and elect the right people. Is anyone else you know doing this? I don't know why they're not. The We The People Convention isn't a big organization. But we're going to do this because it has to be done. And hopefully others will join us. And I'm asking you to join us. I need you to do multiple things. I need you to find billboard locations in high traffic areas from Patriots and send them to me at info at we the Okay, well, better yet, go to the website and click on the button, right? That'll help get it in the process right. Click on the red button and request a billboard. That's what I want you to do. Don't write to me at info at we the people convention because it's going to get all mixed up. Go to the website and click the red button. And if you don't have a location, click the green button and help sponsor a billboard. Give what you can give. That's what I need you to do. That's what we're going to have to do to win back our country. If you have a better idea, I want to hear it. I haven't seen anybody with any idea, let alone a better idea, including President Trump. We're in serious trouble. It takes serious action. Our founding fathers... Gave up everything, right? They committed everything they had, including their lives, to defending our country. That's what we've got to do. Or we're not going to have a country. And a lot of you and I, yeah, we're going to be in a D.C. prison. And there'll be communist Chinese soldiers guarding us, but that's where we're going to be. Okay? So I'm going to wrap up the show uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you sharing it with everyone. Um, you know, again, if you have questions, uh, suggestions, you know, please, uh, you know, send them to me. Suggestions, stories, links, a lot of stuff here. I told you, you know, the story about families and stuff came from one of our viewers. Uh, send them to info at org. Send me stuff at info at org. But go to the, the Barn Billboard page to do the Billboard stuff. Okay? Do that. And then I'm going to read this Churchill quote because I put it on the end of every podcast, but the people who listen to the audio podcast on iTunes, they can't see it. So I'm going to read this quote because it's so apropos. This is from Winston Churchill. If you will not fight for right when you can easily win without bloodshed, if you will not fight when your victory is sure and not too costly, you may come to the moment when you will have to fight with all the odds against you and only a precarious chance of survival there may be even a worse case you may have to fight when there is no hope of victory because it is better to perish than to live as slaves we are not to the last point yet okay we you know the odds are are against us but we can still win We must win or we will come to the point where we will die or be slaves. I don't intend to ever get to that point. I intend to be victorious. I intend to defeat our enemies. I believe in you. I believe in the American people. I have seen you for 10 years personally overcome every obstacle put in your way. They said we couldn't elect Trump. We did, despite their cheating. And don't get me wrong, they cheated in 16. They just couldn't cheat enough. Why do you think it took till three in the morning to call Pennsylvania? You know, right? Don't tell the American people we can't do. We can do anything because we're free men and women who think and care about our liberty enough to pay the price of victory. Never forget that. Never lose faith. Never stop fighting. Never doubt we're going to win. I have no doubt we're going to win. And we're going to defeat our enemies. And we're going to lead not just America, but the world to greater prosperity and freedom and liberty than it's ever known before. And we're going to drive communism completely off the planet. Off the planet. There is no room for socialism, Marxism, communism. Anyone who believes in it needs to be put in prison or, as they like to do, re-educated. Talking to all you professors in college. Yeah, see what it's like to live when we're not subsidizing your jobs, when there's no tenure. Can't wait for the day. It's coming for you, okay? My wife uh, wanted me to play this, and I love my wife. So I'm going to play it. I'm going to close with Madison Rising, and I'll see you again next week. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski.